What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Sanchez of The Bad Promoter coming at you right after the Canelo Alvarez fight. Before we get into talking about that, as always, the drink of the night, Tito's Handmade Vodka. That's what helped me get through this fight, and man, was it a fight. Canelo Alvarez looked absolutely dominant. He went out there and... Man, he just, he really solidified himself as the pound-for-pound number one fighter in the world. Now, I've been watching Canelo Alvarez for just over 10 years now, and it's just become so obvious that he has improved in every single fight. He just learns from his past opponents and just really studies them, takes something from them, and just just knows how to go go forward. Because every fight, it seems like he just moves up in competition, moves up in weight classes. Now he's a four-division world champ. Three, truly legitimate, as Brian Kenny pointed out multiple times. Slight shade. But, you know, Canelo Alvarez, man, he's, he's bad. He is bad. And it was just, it was just a brutal domination, man. Callum Smith, I mean, he he landed some punches, man. He he landed some left hooks, he landed some uppercuts, but Canelo Alvarez just ate them. He literally just ate them. Didn't get pushed back at all. It honestly it honestly reminded me of Shaquille O'Neal back when he was on the Lakers setting screens for Kobe, setting screens for Derek Fisher. A guy runs into him full speed and he just doesn't move. That was Canelo's face. He was he was taking those uppercuts and left hooks straight to the jaw and man it just did not phase him he came back and just threw a one-two combination and honestly like i'm giving callum smith a lot of credit right there because yeah he did land some punches but man canelo's movement is just on another level right now man and you know i was texting my dad about this during the fight that i felt that even though canelo's head movement is probably one of the most elite in the sport right now. I felt like his head movement wasn't to the same effect as it was, say, against Daniel Jacobs, say how it was against Gennady Golovkin. He he was for sure moving his head just fine, but it was just so apparent that he did not respect Callum Smith's punches at all. His movement was literally just an inch to the left, an inch to the right, an inch back. That was it. Whereas against Daniel Jacobs, against Gennady Golovkin, it was more of a side-to-side, full uh, upper waist movement. It was uh, a full shoulder roll. Nah, against Calum Smith, man, it was just an inch to the left, an inch to the right. If you hit me, it doesn't even matter because I'm coming right back at you. And Canelo, man, he was just walking him down. He was walking him down. It was not like he was... Seeing a punch coming, taking a half step, two steps back, and coming back with a straight right. No, man. He he literally moving his head only, just walking forward, just coming straight at this guy. And it was awesome to see, man. Because the talk the talk going into this fight was that Callum Smith was the best fighter in 168 pounds. And he was, you know, he won the World Boxing Super Series. A couple years ago and he has the WBC or he had the WBC belt and he had the ring belt so you know he he solidified himself as 
the number one fighter in the division. But Canelo, man, he just went out there and took what was his. He went out there and brutally dominated this guy. It was honestly so fun to watch. And I'm just so happy that boxing fans got to see it with fans in attendance. You know, honestly, man, it's probably not the safest and they're for sure going to get a lot of flack for it. But, man, hearing the crowd just go off Canelo's punches, build off his defense, seeing Canelo really, like, feel the energy and come forward, man, it was just it was fun to watch. And it was just a reminder of uh, where we were before and where we're going to go after this, man, because Canelo's not going anywhere. Canelo is not going anywhere. He is still pretty young. He's, what, 30 years old? Now he's a promotional free agent. He could fight whoever the hell he wants. Oscar De La Hoya is gone. Doesn't have to deal with that guy anymore. zone. They don't have the guaranteed contract biting them in the ass. Yeah, they'll end up paying it to him if he goes and fights on their, on their platform. But, man, it was just awesome. It was absolutely awesome. So... I mean, I, there really isn't that much to talk about this fight, to be honest. Like, it was that dominant. I mean, the judges, two of them gave it 11 rounds to one for Canelo. Another one gave it nine rounds to three, which is pretty generous. But the fact that any fans are complaining about a nine to three scoring, man, just shows how dominant Canelo was. He, he was bad tonight. It, it was honestly just so awesome. But I guess the real question is, uh, what's next, man? What's next? That's what everyone's talking about. I mean, I wrote two New Year's resolution articles, one in the scope of Canelo Alvarez, one in the scope of Triple G, trying to see what's next for their respective careers going into 2021. And it's clear that DAZN really wants to stage that fight. They have mentioned it so many times. Because let's, let's not forget, everyone, Triple G fought yesterday. And if you were drinking the Kool-Aid or you were listening to the DAZN broadcast, you were seeing Triple G from 2012, 2013, 2014. You were seeing a guy that was the most feared man in boxing. But honestly, it was impressive. It was a nice fight. But honestly, I'm good off that. I know, to, I know earlier this morning I wrote about Canelo possibly fighting Billy Joe Saunders next and then taking on uh, Triple G in September. But honestly, after seeing Canelo this dominant, I am, I'm, I'm over it. It's fine. If they do fight, I won't complain because that's a lot of money that both of them can make. And there are a lot of fans that would really appreciate it. So there's, no, there's not going to be any complaints on my end. But honestly, like Canelo... He, he wants to show that he is one of the best of all time. It's very, it's very clear. And if I'm him, I fight Billy Joe Saunders next for sure in May, just because you're already going to fight him before the pandemic uh, canceled that bout. I would fight him, grab another belt, maybe fight Caleb Plant, but... Honestly, I think the next move after that, after he gets one more solid fight at 168, is to move up back up to 175. Because Brian Kenny, he he let it he let it be known. He kept he mentioned it at least five times throughout the broadcast. Oh, Canelo Alvarez is going for it. Canelo Alvarez now is. 
a true three-division champ. And as we know, Canelo Alvarez won belts at 154, 160, 168, and 165. But as Brian Kenny mentions, uh, only three of those divisions, 154 through 168, were truly legitimate, where he was by far and undisputed the number one fighter in the division. It was very clear. But at 175, he fought an older Sergei Kovalev, who honestly, like, future Hall of Famer, great fighter, but at that stage in his career, he just wasn't on the level as some of the other guys in that division. And those other guys, Bivol, Better Beef, man, if Canelo fights one of those, if he beats one of those, man, oh my God, that is that would just be insane. So if I'm Canelo, I for sure, I for sure take on Billy Joe Saunders, um, you know, take out another DAZN fighter, give the people what they want on Cinco de Mayo weekend. He really likes fighting these English fighters. It's I think I think it's pretty clear that he does. He I think he appreciates uh the fan engagement in terms of building the promotion, in terms of being in the arena. He really appreciates their chance, he appreciates their excitement, he appreciates how how die hard they are. And honestly, he also appreciates turning the fan in the fight because the British boxing fans, man, they're they're one of the best in the world. They're they they're not the type that'll just go out there and just start shitting on someone. Like, they will, for sure, starting out. But if their guy's getting beat, they'll show respect. And honestly, like, that's something that not all other fan bases can say. So I think Canelo really appreciates that. He'll take on Billy Joe Sanders, in my opinion. And that'll be a tough fight because Billy Joe Sanders, he, he's got some movement to him. I think... Even though Colm Smith uh, won the World Boxing Super Series, at the time, uh, Billy Joe Saunders wasn't competing in that. And I think I think it's possible he might be a little better than him. If those two fought, I think Billy would have won. But that's what, that's what makes fighting great, man. You know, put Canelo, put Saunders in the ring together, get another good fight. Canelo will probably, in my opinion, probably win that fight and then move on from there. Like, I I like Caleb Plant. I think that would be another good opponent, but, man, I don't know. Actually, you know what? Canelo is very, he he, he really does want to unify 168, so it, it, it probably will end up being Billy Joe in May and then Caleb in September, but I think after that, Canelo's going to probably work the next six months just to build up, build his weight, build his strength, and go up to 175. Especially because uh, it is dangerous to move up and move back down. So he'll want to finish business at 168, solidify himself as the true undisputed, get every belt, and then move on from there. In terms of who he should face at 175, I mean, you have Bivol, you got Better Beef. In my opinion, Better Beef is the better fighter. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with either one of those guys, man. Like, either one of those guys would be an excellent, excellent fight. And it would be really good exposure because both of them fight on ESPN. Both of them are top-ranked guys. Just having uh, Canelo and his team talking shit with Bob Arum talking shit on the other side, like, that, that would be a nice promotion. And being on ESPN, 
would just be cool because I love Max Kellerman and Max Kellerman loves Canelo and just hearing that would be would be awesome. I would love to see him like on first take. I would love to see him on all those shows. Stephen A. Smith pretending like he knows what he's talking about and just Canelo kind of like chuckling under his breath. But man, that would be absolutely awesome. It was just such a great night, man. It was such a great night. Honestly, the whole day was great. Just to go on off on a little tangent, what a fucking sports day. What a sports day. You had the college championships. You had some NFL. You had UFC fight night, the last one of the year. Shout out to Jose Aldo. Shout out to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. The two OGs still putting in work, still showing that they're the men. And, you know, I'm, I'm just so happy that we're able to enjoy these sports right now, man. It, I really appreciate it. I really, really, really appreciate it. Now, back to Triple G. What would I like to see out of him? You know, it was interesting because during this broadcast, uh, they had talked about Triple G potentially facing Canelo before Canelo even stepped in the ring against Callum Smith. And Demetrius Andrade was out there. And they were trying to ask him what he thought about that potential fight. And it's interesting because Canelo's fighting at 168. Demetrius is fighting at 160. Triple G is fighting at 160. You have two champions. You have one champion that you're interviewing about another champion. You both fight on the same network or platform on the zone. And he showed absolutely no respect to him as a potential opponent. It just shows that DAZN is really, 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 really trying to get as much money as possible. And honestly, like, obviously you can't blame them. Every business is trying to get as much money as possible right now, especially with the pandemic going on and getting worse. Um, but it's just, it's just really interesting. If I'm Triple G and I'm his team and I'm looking at what's next... I mean, you have three fights left with zone. I would try to fight Murata. DAZN really wants to uh, push out in the Asian market some more. They want to get out in Japan, so that would be a really good, really good fight. I think Triple G would win that. And that would get him with, what, two more fights left after that? If you're not going to face someone like him, I mean... Man, there's been a lot of talk about Munguia, but I just can't see Oscar risking a, a young fighter like him out there, especially a young Mexican fighter. Those are his bread and butter. That's how he makes his cash. And he's not going to risk one of his top three young Mexican fighters. No, he's not going to risk him for someone who is a future Hall of Famer who's going to be out of the sport within the next year and a half to two years. There's no way. Unfortunately, that's just the way boxing works. In a perfect world, I would love to see Triple G face Jamal Charlo. I think that would be an awesome fight. Awesome, awesome, awesome fight. Charlo just came off a victory against Darren Macheco. Triple G fought him. Not his last fight, obviously, but the fight before that. And Charlo, in my opinion, beat him much easier. So that that would be a really good fight. But, I mean, obviously, Triple G has his, his own contract. Jamal Charles with PBC, with Fox, Showtime. That, that's not going to happen, unfortunately. So I think uh, 
Murata is the next logical choice. Because I know DAZN really wanted to put Canelo against him when it was really, really, really up in the air against who he was going to fight. But obviously that didn't happen, and on, gladly, because Canelo fighting Callum Smith was just icing on a cake for 2020. It was a tough year for everyone, tough year for those in boxing, especially tough just seeing the UFC dominate the way they did on TV. Uh, but, you know, they closed out the year strong, man. Closed out the year strong. Canelo went out there and put a truly dominant performance. And it was it was just awesome to see. So, I mean, if you get Triple G out there with Murata, zone expands a little further, grows their uh, platform a little bit, their outreach, That that's a good fight. That's a good fight. But, I mean, if, if Triple G really wants to try and get a Canelo fight, then he needs to, he needs to move up to 168. That's just, that's just what he has to do. I wrote in uh, my New Year's resolution article that he should reach out to John Ryder, who fought on his undercard. John Ryder was also a previous opponent of Callum Smith, a previous opponent of Billy Joe Saunders. Excellent fighter. He's uh, a step below them, but very game comes forward he would give uh, Triple G a nice uh, stylistic fight in terms of uh, his methodical punching his methodical movement when someone has good movement to match if they're willing to trade with him he's going to come out with you and trade so I think that would be a good fight and honestly like if if Triple G just comes to understanding that the Canelo fight's not going to happen and he finishes with his next two with two out of his next three fights against Murata and John Ryder. Like, those are nice opponents to add to his resume. All right, one more interesting note about tonight's fight. You had Errol Spence Jr. ringside kind of reiterating to DAZN and boxing fans who were watching that he'd be willing to move up to 160 pounds to try and see if Canelo will meet him halfway, essentially. He'll see if he'll come back down to 160 to fight him. He made it clear that that's a fight he wants to see. And you also had him answer some questions about a potential Terrence Crawford fight. Of course, that's what everyone wants to see right now. And so when he was asked, he was saying, I'm the top guy, blah, 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 blah. I need to have a 60-40 split at least, if not 70-30. And then you have Terrence Crawford on Twitter basically saying, see, told you I wasn't the one who didn't want this fight or I told you I yeah I told you I wasn't the one who didn't want this fight I wasn't aka I wasn't the reason why this fight hasn't happened yet well I think it's clear that it's neither their faults it's clearly the politics of boxing it is a little disappointing for Errol Spence Jr. to not acknowledge Terrence Crawford in a way that fans and the media would like to see I understand that it is a business, and everyone on his team, including Al Heyman, his trainers, his friends, they all know Terrence Crawford's contract is up in, in about a year. They know this. That's why they're so dismissive. But that's not what the fans want to see, man. That's not what they want to hear. So it's a little frustrating. And as much money as a Canelo fight would make at once again, I don't want to see that shit. Canelo will dominate him. I really don't want to see that at all. And 
In terms of Canelo's legacy, like, why would he go down and wait to fight this guy? Like, yeah, Errol Spence Jr. is on his tra- on track to become a future Hall of Famer. He's a very, very great champion, but who cares? That's not a fight I want to see. I want to see Canelo stay at the weight he's at, not burn his body. He's 30 years old. He's got plenty of time in the sport. I don't want to see him do that. He can move up. He can stay at his weight. It doesn't matter, but just don't go down. I don't want to see that. Not at all. So as disappointing as it was, like I understand Errol Spence Jr. is at least, at best, what you can say he's doing is trying to show that he has options, that he can pull someone like a Canelo Alvarez in the ring, whereas a Terrence Crawford can't. So if we're giving him the full benefit of the doubt, I, I can see that, but I feel like he truly does want that fight, and yeah, I just don't care. I don't want to see that at all. But, you know, we probably won't. Boxing is a lot of talk, unfortunately. There's a lot of people saying who they want to fight, who they will fight, how much they're going to beat someone else. And there's probably about a 30% portion of that that fights actually happen. So, you know, it's all talk. It gets people on Twitter, people on Facebook, people on Instagram in the comments, people on YouTube. They'll talk about it. It's cool. That's fine. You know, for a slow news day one day, like, that'll be cool. But I don't know, man. It's just it's just interesting to see. Even on a night where Canelo is truly dominant and uh, there should only be good talk, you know, there's just a little, there's just always a, a little something from boxing that will kind of, you know, get on, get on your nerves a little bit. But this is not a big deal. Like, I understand. It's a sport. It's a business. He's just doing what he can to promote himself. He's just doing what he can to show that he's elite also. He can, he can get a, a good fighter in the ring with him. I understand. It's no big deal. I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, going forward, just stop. Just stop. Fight Manny Pacquiao if, if he's down. As I've said before, Manny Pacquiao's at the point of his career where if he doesn't want to fight you, it's fine. He's 42 years old. I'm fine with him not fighting you. But if he does want to fight you, I want to see that fight. And if not, stay busy. Keep building your strength back. Recover a little more. And then... Fourth quarter of 2021, I want to, I better see you in the ring against Terrence Crawford. Like, that's just something I need to see. But, man, what a night of boxing. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And I'm sure all of y'all loved it, too. As always, once again, I want to thank everyone who keeps up with TheBadPromoter.com, who follows us on Twitter and Instagram, at TheBadPromoter. You are much appreciated. Happy holidays, everyone. Stay safe, stay warm, and let's just go into 2021 excited for what's coming up next.